Our scripture reading this morning is from Genesis 29. Genesis being the very first book of the Bible. We'll start at verse 31 and read through verse 35. Genesis 29. Jacob's children. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for he said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Now at last my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. So she named him Levi. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. The word of the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for this time of worship, this time of praise, this time to be challenged, to be reminded that you've called us to be a light in this world. We thank you for being fed at your table. Lord, we pray that this time of, of worship may soak deep inside of us our hearts and minds and souls to shape us and form us more and more into who you're calling us to be. And Lord, as we open your word now, I pray that the words that will be spoken, Lord, may they be your words and not mine. Pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. This is a story of broken people hurting each other. To understand what's happening here, with Leah, we need to go back and see why Leah is not loved. Not, I don't even know if she was respected by Jacob as you look at the whole story. See, it begins with Jacob. Jacob, yeah, I'm named after him. And sometimes I... I go, I see a lot of myself in Jacob because Jacob was a broken man. He was smart in a lot of ways. He was able to, to manipulate in a lot of ways. His name originally meant deceiver. And that's because to get the family blessing, he deceived both his older brother and his father. And because of that, he had to leave home. And he left home, and he went a far distance. And on the way, he met God at a place called Bethel, but he ended up in his uncle Laban's place. And, and the first person he met there was Laban's younger daughter, Rachel. And right away, Jacob falls in love. And you go, wow, this is going to be a great story. 
And he agrees to work for his uncle for seven years so that he can marry Rachel, the love of his life. And then on the, on the day of the wedding, as everybody is, is gowned up and, and, and they're wearing veils and they're in their best clothes and they have a marriage ceremony and they make promises to each other and, and Jacob takes his bride into the marriage tent and it's late and they've had partying going on and consummates the wedding and discovers in the morning that it's not Rachel, it's Leah. Jacob, the deceiver, has been deceived. And he's angry, he's frustrated. I didn't work for her. Come on. He goes to his uncle Laban and says, what's going on? And he's got all kinds of excuses. Oh, but Laban's a smart man. He says, tell you what, work for seven more years and I'll give you Rachel. But, but not today, because, you know, the, the marriage thing is a week long. So, you know, spend the week with Leah, and then, you know what, six days from now, you can marry Rachel. That's what Jacob does. Imagine Leah, what's going through her heart and through her mind. Even though Jacob has married Leah first, Jacob loves Rachel over Leah, creating a huge amount of pain for Leah. She's in a tough spot. How do you live in that kind of relationship? When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. But Rachel remained childless. More brokenness. More hurt. Leah becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son. She names him Reuben for, she said, it's because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. See, Reuben's name sounds similar to the Hebrew word to see. Leah saying, I'm giving Jacob a son, an heir to carry on the family name. I've got to be special now in in his eyes. He's got to see that that I I can give him heirs and, and, and I can give him sons. Children, a huge blessing at that time. She's hoping giving Jacob's sons will turn his heart to her. But it doesn't seem to happen. So the Lord gives Leah another son. And she says, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Simeon, sounding like the Hebrew word to hear. Recognizes that the Lord has heard her distress. Seen her broken heart. Lester with Simeon. But nothing changes in Jacob's heart. Leah remains unloved by her husband. The Lord blesses Leah with another son, a third one. And we see in his name, the Lord, Leah is still praying for Jacob's heart to turn to her. 
naming her son Levi, saying, Now at last my husband will become attached to me because I've borne him three sons. Levi sounds like the word attached. How can Jacob keep having a cold heart to her? Willing to take her to his bed. Willing to to have her sons as his sons. But not willing to love her. How long can Leah keep hoping on, holding on to hope? How long can she hang in there looking for Jacob's love to heal her brokenness? Jacob, Leah, and Rachel's marriage, brokenness is all over the place. So much so that later on when, when Israel ends up at Mount Sinai after escaping Egypt, God says, that's not good. Do not take your wife's sister as a rival wife and have sexual relationships with her while your wife is living. And Israel knew that that God was pointing straight back to Jacob and Rachel and Leah. That is messed up beyond anything we should ever imagine. The original intent for marriage was that a, a husband would leave his family and, and bond together with his wife. And they become one, two become one. Bringing others into the marriage relationship brings brokenness into the relationship. It breaks God's intent for the oneness in marriage. Paul tells us in Ephesians to come into marriage with a spirit of mutual submission. Wife is called to honor her husband and the husband is called to love his wife with a sacrificial love, a Christ-like love. I have counseled many couples where a third person has come into their marriage. And I keep pointing them back to this story and to Ephesians. Why would you want this brokenness in your relationships? But the story continues. When Leah gives birth to a fourth son, she says, this time, I'll praise the Lord. She names her fourth son Judah, which comes from the Hebrew word to praise. This time I'll praise the Lord. She finally sees that Jacob is never going to love her in the way he should. And not only the Lord has shown her love by giving her four sons, a gift that gives her amazing honor among the other women and members of her community. Leah finally finds her identity and her worth in the Lord, not Jacob. Who'd want to find their worth in Jacob? Leah begins to find some healing 
and the Lord who's compassionate and gracious to her. And Judah becomes the ancestor of Jesus, as Henry mentioned. The promised Messiah who comes for all the unloved, the scorned, the rejected, those living on the fringes who are hurting. Thank you for reminding us that they're in our community too. Jesus understands their lives and their hearts. Having experienced scorn and rejection, hatred and even more in his life here on earth. The Lord already in the Old Testament, time after time, speaks of his compassion for the orphan, the widow, the oppressed, and even the foreigner among his people. No other God cared about people outside his own. But the Lord does. Constantly calling his people to live out of love, grace, justice, and mercy. God loves us. We're his children. We're created in his own image. We're given life through his breath. So Leah keeps looking to God even as she keeps trying to earn Jacob's love. She discovers that while people will fail us at times, sometimes all the time, the Lord doesn't fail us. Jesus doesn't always change our circumstances or the situations and relationships that we're in. But he's with us through his spirit. Spirit who points us to Jesus' faithfulness to us. That reminds us that Jesus gets us. He understands. Reminds us that our hope lies in Jesus who came to take our sin and our brokenness on himself to the cross to bring forgiveness but also to bring grace and healing. Our call is to submit to Jesus and his will. I love God with everything. Love your neighbor as yourself. To live out of a spirit of caring deeply about other people. Don't reject so quick. Our call is to submit to Jesus and his will. Our sin. So it creates brokenness. That's what breaks us in the relationships that we're in. That's why Jesus goes to the cross. Because his love is more than anything we can imagine. When he sees our brokenness, his heart breaks. He wants to bring healing to those who are hurt and broken, to bring hope to the outcasts of society. And you say, yeah, but Leah was still married, part of the family group. 
but she didn't feel it. Felt like an outcast, an outsider. Doesn't belong. And we all need to belong somewhere. God hears their cries and sees their pain. That's why he's put us here in Lacombe. That's why why you housing, you turn housing is here. That's why the broom tree is here. It's a whole pile of people that God has placed in this community. His people, us. Calling us to hear the cries and the pain of the people. Come alongside them. Point them to Jesus. We can't heal them. Jesus can bring healing, can bring wholeness. If you're like Leah here this morning, whether you're here or at home, Jesus sees you. He cares for you, inviting you to come to him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Leah tried to earn Jacob's love. Didn't get her very far. But you don't have to earn Jesus' love. His love does way before we ever fell in love with him. Jesus sees your heart and he aches with you. Some of the most powerful verses in the Gospels are, are those that begin with, and Jesus saw the people and he had compassion on them. As he's going to the cross, he sees Jerusalem and he weeps for the brokenness. Wisdom writer in Ecclesiastes write that there's nothing new under the sun. There are many people today who live in loveless marriages, broken relationships. I know from experience, having heard and seen, that there are women who believe that by having another child that they can bring their husband back to them. Others believe that by changing who they are, male or female, husband or wife, that, that if they change who they are, that they can fit their spouse's desire and be loved again. They look for their worth through their spouse. They believe that their happiness depends on their spouse's love and will often submit to all kinds of hurt and brokenness in order to earn love and acceptance. For some marriages, there is no happy ever after because of the sin and brokenness that fills our world. Too often I've had to tell people that their worth doesn't come from their spouse or even from their family or the relationship that they're in. Their worth comes from Jesus. 
that Jesus loved them so much he went to the cross so that they can have new life. They can learn to see the world, see themselves with different eyes. On the cross we see Jesus' deep love and commitment to us, a love that can fill the emptiness that comes from the rejection and hurt others we care about give us. You don't have to earn Jesus' love. He loves you unconditionally. And that's why we bring our pain to the cross. Because Jesus understands it. Because he was rejected, turned away from, abandoned in his time of deepest pain. And yet he never gave up turning to his Father. Our God. He kept trusting the Father. But in his time of deepest suffering, he says, not my will, but your will be done. Trusting that God was not going to abandon him. Jesus is concerned about how our hearts are shaped. Are they shaped by the relationships, by the values of the world? You know, one of the worst beliefs that are out there is that we have soulmates. Our only soulmate is Jesus, is the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, keep turning to me for your meaning and for your purpose. To find your hope, your value. He says, you are worth more to me than you can ever imagine. And Jesus keeps calling us to come to him, to trust him to never abandon us. Paul writes in Romans 12 too, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I'll add into that, his perfect and pleasing love for us. Look to Jesus. Look to God for your worth, not someone else. When you take God and Jesus out of the picture, when we stop looking to Jesus, we become like Rachel, desperate for what this world offers for love from fallible people. Rachel took her father's household gods because she couldn't let go of them. She turned to her sister, begged her for mandrake roots, looking to superstition, magic, to become pregnant so she could also give Jacob a child. See, the brokenness didn't just end with Leah. Jacob extended that brokenness to Rachel as well. Because brokenness just keeps on breaking. That's why we turn to Jesus. The Jewish virtual library writes, it's not written when Leah died, but only that she was buried in the cave of Machpelah. Leah left as her legacy half of the 12 tribes, including Judah, father of the monarchy, and Levi, father of the priesthood. 
While Jacob did not honor or love Leah because of the brokenness in his own heart and life, Jesus saw her and gave her honor. Jesus sees you, hears you, and loves you. And he says, come to me. Find your hope in me. Amen. Father, there are so many stories of brokenness. You don't give us a a history of your people that is perfect and, and beautiful. But you give us a picture of the world as it is. A world we still live in today. And yet, you don't give up on us. You keep coming to us. You keep reaching out to us. You keep reminding us how much you love us and how our value and our worth and our identity rests in you, not in others. Lord, help us to embrace that in our lives. But also help us to show others this truth as well. Amen.